You've heard me talk about Tacovas, the company carrying on all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. Well, longtime listener Jeremy emailed me to say, Zabe, I was on a work trip to Austin, knew about Tacovas from the podcast, stopped into the store. Next thing you know, I've got a damn good pair of boots and I'm looking sharp with a nice buzz to boot. Giddy up. Tacovas believes in Western for all. And you can feel that when you stop in one of their stores and get custom fitted for a new pair of boots. If you can't make it into the store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and the most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T E C O V A S.com and point your toes west. And as a special opportunity for our listeners, Tacovas has said they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 at Tacovas.com. Just use promo code ZABE, that's promo code Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, at checkout. It's a $30 value, and they sell out fast. Only at Tacovas.com. Just because the NFL season is now firmly in the rearview mirror does not mean the betting season is over. Oh, no, 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 no. There is still plenty of opportunities to put a little something-something on the games. The NBA, college basketball, NHL, yes, golf. No matter what tickles your fancy, there is still plenty of action to whet your appetite. But just remember, where you bet is every bit as important, if not more so, than what you're betting on. That's why I tell my friends to go to mybookie.com. Oh, but my state just approved it. There's a big DraftKings fan duel, whatever. No, 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 no. Johnny come lately's. My bookie has been ahead of the game for years now. And why does that matter? Oh, I don't know. In a million ways. Better lines, better payouts, less rules. You name it. Plus, you get a bonus with me at mybookie.ag. Use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and have your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Now, make sure you read the rules on payouts regarding bonus wagering. It does require certain levels of wagering to collect your money, but if you just want to bet straight up, you don't want the deposit, you want to make a one-time bet for a million dollars, win it, and then walk away, Fine, you can do that as well. That's a free cash bonus for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. Bet, win, and most importantly, get paid with my bookie today. Brock Purdy is just kind of a weird name. It doesn't sound like a franchise quarterback name. Purdy's a little too close to Turdy. I just think people have a hard time looking at that name and saying that's a franchise quarterback. I know when I first saw that name. That easily is the most ridiculous point you've ever made. That's easily the most ridiculous point you've ever made. Yes. This is the ZabeCast. From the mean streets of McLean, Virginia, to the Harvard of the West, UC Santa Barbara. You got 30 minutes for some honest conversation about sports, life, and more? Well, good. Buckle up, and Let's go. Tuesday, September 26, 2023. Thank you for downloading just you and I today because I have a lot I want to get to, including a fair amount of sound. So let's get to it. Cut number one, you play to win the game. Where have you heard that one before? I found this today on YouTube. DJ Steve Porter. 
did a remix. He this kid, this guy DJ Steve Porter used to do these remixes and cutups and songs. Ten years ago, give or take, 2012, 13, 14, he was big back then. I don't know if he still does it. It doesn't seem like it's part of the cultural landscape anymore, but it's damn funny. I love these. And he took Herm Edwards and his classic rant, you play to win the game. And he made a 10th anniversary edition of it that is, I think, chef's kiss. Hello, you play to win the game. Put your hands up. You play to win the game. You play to win the game. I said hello, hello. hello. You play to win. I said, put your hands up. Why not? Put your hands up. Let's go to work. You gotta play like the hair's on fire. When you start going with me, it doesn't matter. Get it out. You're tired. Get your knees bent and accelerate. Yeah. It's a physical game. So shoot your guns that way. You play to win the game. Put your hands up. You play to win the game. You play to win the game. I said hello. 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 You play to win the game. He's got a lot of clips in there of other ESPN personalities doing the hello and you play to win the game. Also, Herm Edwards, that is ultimately unsuccessful stint at Arizona State. Put your hands up. Put your hands up. Why not? I'm an old-fashioned kind of guy. The field don't lie. Always right. My socks don't lie. Sunday night. That's the advice. Oh. Hello. 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 <laughs> All right, so let's talk about winning the game. I wanted to go a little bit deeper and more detailed on some of these coaches' decisions from the weekend in the NFL. Some are less defensible than others. All of them that I'm going to chronicle here, I think, were bad decisions. But there's a quote, and if this is a real quote, I think this is a quote. If somebody knows who said it, can source it for me, send it my way. I did a cursory Google search on this and then quickly gave up. Nice work, buddy. Hey, fuck you. I've spent an hour prepping for the show today. May not show, but it, just stick with me. Uh, the quote is essentially every strategy is a, is a bad one or a stupid one until it works. <laughs> and I understand that quote if it's a real quote. I don't know who said it, but I get it. Everything when it comes to a decision may or may not work out. That's why the Mad TV soundbite is such a classic of... Hey, coach, 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 why didn't you do the thing that would have worked out, thing I would have done, that if you just did it instead of the other thing, well, you, you know. Talk about momentum. Coach, 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 coach. When the game was on the line, you made a decision that didn't pan out, obviously. Why didn't you decide to do the other thing that would have panned out 100%? Hmm. I mean, that's what I would have done. Yeah. The thing that would have worked. The thing that you didn't that do. You didn't I'm do. I'm sorry. Who are you? Obnoxious reporter, some East Coast paper. Look, I've been at this a long time. You can't always make the perfect decision. That's true. Sometimes you do things you regret. Like lose your temper at a press conference after a dumb question and have an outburst that gets played over and over again for years. And that's how you're remembered? And that's how you're remembered? Now, in the case of Jim Mora, it painted him as an angry psychopath. In the case of Herm Edwards, it painted him as an intense, committed winner about, you play to win the game. Coaches now are following more analytics when it comes to fourth down situations, go for two situations, and there's nothing wrong with that. I think, by and large, it's good. However... They have also, coaches, 
being superstitious human beings who don't like being questioned by the media after something goes wrong, and therefore they color their decisions based on that human instinct to avoid criticism, that human instinct to avoid embarrassment, they craft their decisions based on, okay, this may or may not work, but which decision will be the least criticized? So they're using analytics more now, and that's not bad. But there's one thing they don't seem to still grasp. The analytics are numbers based on a global set of numbers for all teams in similar but not exactly the same situations because not every fourth and one is exactly the same. And they're doing it on long-run calculations, meaning in the long run, this is the better statistical play. But as I've said over and over, and I'll say it again, we are not in a long-run situation. There are 17 high-drama, intense, episodic games in the NFL, of which one or two go on the wrong way. Click one, click two. You're either in the playoffs, out of the playoffs. Have a job, or you're fired. They're episodic. They have a start and an end and a winner and a loser. They're not long-run situations. So, in other words, you could miss on a fourth and one, But you don't get to say, well, that's all right. I'll make it up later because the odds are in my favor. Well, converting next week in the second quarter of a game you're going to win doesn't help you when you blew the episodic moment to do the better strategic thing to win the game when you had a chance or two weeks from now or whenever. They're short-run episodes. You got to think this is the moment, this is the game. We got to win this one right now. What is the best overall percentage play? Okay, well, here's the trick. They run these numbers, analytics, and they say, well, here is the percentage. We've run the numbers. But it's really impossible to say because, like I said, a fourth and one at, at that moment, at their own 24, a running play, which is what Brandon Staley ran, without even Austin Eckler, the best running back available that day. They threw the ball over all over the field against a porous Viking secondary. A running play on that fourth and one, where the Vikings know, shit, if we just stop them here, we'll get the ball. With a minute left at the plus 24, with a chance to take the lead on a touchdown, fuck yeah, let's sell out. That fourth and one is not like all the other fourth and ones the numbers nerds put into their stew of should you go for it or not. Yes, had they made the fourth and one, they would have won the game. Vikings out of timeouts, it's three knees, victory formation, good night. But what if they miss? That's another thing coaches, I think, are not properly evaluating. The downside of the Brandon Staley decision is a disaster. Because the other team now has the ball in great position. Right there at your own 24. So weighing the downside with the overall picture up four, where a field goal not only can't beat you, it can't even tie you. Punting the ball away with no timeouts and with a minute or so to go, and a full field that has to be navigated by Kirk where he's got to drop back and throw, drop back and throw, drop back and throw, potential for sacks, interceptions, you name it, and go all the way down the field and then punch it in? Fuck, I like my I love my odds making somebody do that versus a YOLO, if we get this, we win. If we don't, holy shit, we're fucked. Don't do this. Look at the downside. 
What's the downside of your decision? If it's catastrophic, think long and hard. Now, Kevin O'Connell did something even more stupid. So they get the ball at the plus 24, and they snap it with 38 seconds to go. They, oh no, excuse me, I'm sorry. They snap it with, I think it was fourth and five when they finally uh, got the, the last first down of the game. The Vikings did. And they complete a pass down to the four. And the, the play stopped with 38 seconds left on the clock. Now, they couldn't just call a timeout. So let's say they run up to the line and spike it on first and goal at the four. Give it 10 seconds. They're at 28 seconds now. So they're at 28 seconds instead of 12 when they snapped the ball and threw the pass that turned out to be a pick. TJ Hawkinson actually had both hands on it. It was a really good, tight-fit window throw by Kirk. Of course, it got tipped in the air, picked off. Earlier in the game, the Vikings had an interception right in the hands of, of their DB. He tipped it up into the hands of the Charger receiver for a touchdown. Oh, what it must be like to be a Viking fan. So the difference of that 20 seconds wasted when O'Connell admitted, well, I should have spiked it, I guess, but I wanted to catch him off guard. You've wasted two or three extra plays. Just spike it. Spike it. The clock is the most important thing. Those 20 to 24 seconds, six-second play, eight-second play, seven-second play, maybe even a fourth play in there if the clock is down to one, once you're at the three-yard line or four-yard line, that's the most important thing. And you might say, well, it was going to be second and goal, so they only had three plays anyway. It wasn't that big of a difference. Uh Uh-huh. You don't know that. P.I. in the end zone, defensive P.I. ends up in what? Full set of downs. So you want to have as many plays as you can down there, which means time is not only of the essence, it's everything. Don't fucking let it bleed out because you don't want to spike the ball. You don't want to use a down. Timeouts are time coupons in the second half, period. Because time is all that matters. And a spike is a soft, free timeout. And it's just insane how these guys don't get it. Now, let's go to last night's Raider game, which I didn't get to talk about with Andy because it happened too late. Josh McDaniels kicked a field goal down eight, under three to go. I believe someone with Elias or some stat bureau said... It's the only time a team has ever kicked a field goal down by exactly eight in the final three minutes of the game uh, in the very same situation. So whether you think it was a, a a defensible move or not, the numbers say nobody's ever done it before. You're down eight. It's fourth and goal from the four. Certainly convertible. And they kicked a field goal. I summarized it thusly on Twitter. You can follow me at Zabe, Charlie Zulu Alpha Bravo Echo. I've only been on the air. only had a podcast now for 20 years. Well, not a podcast for 20. I've been, I've been on the air, air forever. My, my listener, my follower count is stuck at like 53,000. It's just, it's never going to go up. But yeah, follow me. Throw me a follow, man, if you don't already. Um, I said on Twitter, I summarized it like this. McDaniels, we need a touchdown. We're down eight. We need a touchdown and a two-point conversion. Garoppolo jogging off the field. <sighs> Sorry, coach. Couldn't get that touchdown we need. McDaniels, ah, don't worry. We'll kick a field goal. We'll be down five. And then we can play defense, get the ball back, and then go for that touchdown, Jimmy, that you said you can't get me. And then we lose. <laughs> they never got the ball back until the game was essentially over with 12 seconds to go. Idiotic move. 
idiotic because you got to tie first before you can win. Don't say, well, I'm going to preload the win because a field goal here, then get the ball back, then a touchdown wins it outright. Stop thinking so hard. You, you were scared to go for a touchdown on fourth and goal at the four, much less a two-point conversion, which the Raiders are apparently terrible at. What makes you think you're going to suddenly get the ball back and march downfield with Jimmy Garoppolo and score a touchdown? You'd scored one touchdown all game, but the fuck? Anyway, what if they had failed on fourth and goal at the four? This is another thing that Garoppolo or that uh, Fields, or, slow down. This is another thing that Josh McDaniels didn't consider. Guess what? They'd be in the same position, essentially, as in kicking the field goal, but with much better field position because the Steelers would have the ball at their own four and you would still have to play defense with three timeouts and the two-minute warning. That's a good, strong position. Give McDaniels credit, at least, for keeping his powder dry in his timeouts. But, man, who wouldn't want to be in that position more than, okay, now we got 12 seconds left. We could win the game with a touchdown, but the Steelers got a first down. They bled off enough time on the clock that we are fucked. Think, people. Think. Take a break. When we come back, the shit people are saying on television keeps getting stupider and stupider all the time. You're listening to the Zabecast. If 2024 is the year you're jetting off to a new country, or even just want to expand your language skills beyond English, then I urge you to check out Rosetta Stone today. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program for over 30 years. Why? Because it works. Instead of drilling vocabulary words, with Rosetta Stone you learn by matching audio, from native speakers to visuals, reading stories, participating in dialogues, and other practical language skills that fast-track your ability to communicate fluently. Not only is it a more effective way to learn, it's more fun. Rosetta Stone's advanced voice recognition technology gives you feedback on how well you pronounce words. Other language learning apps use speech recognition to detect what you said. Rosetta Stone tells you how well you said it. Rosetta Stone offers 25 languages with lessons available on your computer, phone, or tablet. And with a lifetime membership, you get forever access to all the lessons for all the languages and never pay a renewal fee. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, ZabeCast listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. 
Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, we're back on the Zabecast. I have for you listeners of mine an exclusive offer from mybookie.com. This is great. Uh, my friend Jack, who uh, works uh, the account for mybookie, works their marketing, said, this is great, Zabe. I finally got approval for this. Bonus offer of 110% deposit match up to $1,100. So, in other words, by using promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, you can take advantage of a great deposit bonus match. Not just 100%, 110%, which we all know is what athletes give out on the field. Minimum deposit is $50 to receive the bonus. The bonus is not listed on the website, so don't just go there going, oh, I, you know, whatever. I think it's there for everybody. No, only for my listeners. That's Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. Uh, jump on it now. It is not going to last long. It's available this week and this week only through Sunday, October 1st. So go to mybookie.com, use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and get on that because it is not going to last. Now on to the dumb shit people are saying on television. Cut to Chris Russo is mailing it in. But he's a nice guy, and I'll tell you more about that in a second. Here was Chris Russo the other day on ESPN's morning show, whichever one it was, get up, first take, did two, did not, facts versus volume. Oh, yeah, I played the game. Whatever the show was, who cares? He was on talking about what he planned to do this coming Saturday, or last Saturday, but he, he talked about what he was planning to do with his Saturday to the uh, incredulous faces, although I think most of it was just hamming it up, of his on-set co-host, Stephen A. Smith, Marcus Spears, and Molly Kiram. Here was uh, Chris Russo's plan for the weekend. So I am going to I'll get a run-in. I'll take the two dogs, Bo and Riley, for a walk. Oh. At about 12 o'clock, I'll sit down. I'll make an early cocktail. I'll cut you, a gummy in half. What's a gummy? A gummy. I'll cut a gummy in keep, half. Keep listening. I, I'll cut I? a gummy in half. We got Florida State Clemson. I like the Florida State quarterback. I'll do something there. At about 325, when I'm sourced, I'm not driving in the house, 325, I'll put the call in to Fat Rob. 718-504, I'll put the call in to Fat Rob. Rob, you know what? What the hell? I can't root for Oregon. All right, you know, I'll pretend on TV. Put 10 dimes on Colorado. It's Colorado and Dion. Let's win the game. <laughs> so by 325, I'll be sitting down. With my shorts, little T-shirt, cocktail. I'll have the other half of gummy. Oh, you save it for later? I'll have half. I half. thought you were just rationing you're gonna it. You're going to swing the tennis racket while you're doing that? You're going to practice swinging the tennis racket? Welcome to my golf swing. Like putting. the moment. So by 3.30, I'll be. I'll have ABC. It's on ABC, right? Yeah. Is this a Fowler game with Herb Street? I'm sure know. it is. I don't know. A Herb Street and Fowler. Well, why wouldn't it's, they be in there? They got to be there. The Colorado-Oregon game. Yeah, yeah that's on ABC. Fowler, and I love those two. I love Herb Street. Herbie, he watches all the time. He always texts me. So I'll go out there and I'll put the game on at 3.30 on our route. I haven't like heard from Dickens. Herbie in years. The only time I've heard from Herbie is when I showed them in Jackson State last year. Uh, See? You've got friends too. There you go. Okay. I will bet the ranch and I will root crazy for the buff on Saturday. 
Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Here we go. Look, Chris Russo is a happily married multi-multi-millionaire, extremely successful radio host who lives in Newport, Rhode Island, and loves his tennis and Major League Baseball. He has kids who are grown. He is an adult, grown, old-school nerd. (laughs) This attempt to sound cool and hip, and this is what I'm going to do, I mean embarrassing, if you ask me. Now, he makes reportedly $3 million per year as the name and face of Mad Dog Radio. does a show for them. He also does something for MLB.tv or MLB Network, the inside pitch. He's very good. He's a likable fellow. Um, but my God, this is cringe. And he is mailing it at this point because uh, the game was on ABC, yes. But no, it was not Herb Street and Fowler. When have they done a 3.30 Eastern time zone game in the last million years. They're on the set of college game day and oftentimes fly private. If they're not doing the game that night, they're flying out of there as soon as the show is over at noon Eastern time. Even flying a PJ, as they say, private jet, you can't get to a 3.30 game East Coast time. Not reliably. So that right there was kind of embarrassing. He also mentioned casually the... uh, Oh, yeah, that quarterback from Florida State, I like him. Well, here's a chance to deliver some, you know, actual information to the sports fan viewer. I had heard about the quarterback from Florida State, didn't know much myself, and when I heard Russo say that, I said, you know what, I'm going to look that up. Uh, Jordan Travis is his name. He's been with Florida State since 2020. Played his freshman year, true freshman year at Louisville. Transferred. Uh, Today, he is arguably the best quarterback to play at Florida State since Jameis Winston, but... For a while, Travis doubted himself and thought, you know what, this might not be for me, and he thought about leaving the game for good. That's a good story. Uh, It would have been great for the worldwide leader to have Russo throw that in there as here's why I like that quarterback. But no, he was too busy doing all he was going to do about you know the gummies and the cocktails and whatever. Also, it was Joe Tessitore, Jesse Palmer, and Katie George on the call, not those other announcers. Okay, small detail. I make tons of mistakes myself. Although I'm not on the bigger stage with all the staff and everyone else that could have at least fact-checked me. I could have said, hey, who's doing that game before the segment to get it right? But I don't think there's any incentive to get shit right at this point. But the humble bragging, oh my God, first first and foremost, anyone that is on the air, host or guest, that mentions I'm going to take a run, That's a humble brag. Announcing your run is a humble brag. If you are lean and in shape and healthy, guess what? Us fat guys, we already know it. We see it. We assume you take runs or long walks at least. Or do you lift, bro? The whole, I'm going to go take a run. Oh, really? Wow. Humble brag. Two dogs. Okay, you're a good person. I'm going to fix an early cocktail. I'm sophisticated. I'm going to take a gummy. Hey, man, I'm hip with what the kids are doing. You know what gummies are. That's marijuana in a socially acceptable delivery system. If he had said, I'm going to go out back and I'm going to smoke a fat blunt, again, same thing, consuming marijuana, which in and of itself I don't have a problem with. I'm not anti the legalization of it, but the glorification of it is getting a bit out of control, I'd say, but the whole gummy, 
Yeah, I'm going to take a gun. Oh, what? At this point, Marcus Spears' eyes are all wide. He's like, what? This nerd who loves tennis is going to take a gummy? And clearly, Russo is reveling in it like, yeah, you guys didn't know I was cool, did you? Then I'm going to call my bookie, he says. Uh, not my bookie. <laughs> He's gonna, he didn't say his bookie. So I'm going to call Fat Rob, which we all know is, uh, it, it, you, know, you get it. It's like, oh, that's your, that's your guy. He gives out the first six numbers, which is not a good idea, if you ask me. Maybe there's still a guy that handles Russo's action. I wouldn't doubt it per se, but with online stuff coming on board, it's like there'd be other opportunities to do that. And then brags about betting 10 dimes on Colorado. Not because he believes it's a smart bet, but because he can't root for Oregon and he's going to go against what he's saying on television. So it's not even an educated bet. I'm going to bet 10 dimes. Translation, I'm rich, remember? The humble braggery is off the charts. Oh, yeah. Um, (laughs) If it was me, I would have... And again, I'll never be at this level. I'll never be on ESPN. And I've just now killed any chance of being on Sirius XM's Mad Dog channel. I know, it's sad. And again, Russo is apparently a very nice guy. And I enjoy his overall vibe of things. But, I mean, the mistakes and the phoning it in and the humble bragging and the trying to look cool, goddamn embarrassing, if you ask me. That said, if I were on that set to try to do great television, I would say something like, huh, 10 grand, huh? Seems like a lot. Your wife cool with that? I I would get in there and kind of agitate somehow. Instead, it's all just, oh, look at Russo. Anyway, it's just fascinating to, to listen to this stuff. And this was the least stupid thing of the week that I saw. The second dumbest thing said on television this week came from Keyshawn Johnson. Keyshawn apparently thinks, I believe earnestly, it sounded that way, or he's a great actor and just knew he was throwing out some bullshit. He thinks other coaches helped Dan Lanning and Oregon beat Deion Sanders to a pulp in Colorado. Unnamed coaches. Never mind the why would they do this, the how would they do this, the who would do this. Doesn't matter. This is TV, people. This was a snippet from the game and the whooping that Oregon put on. Devin and Boog have to say at halftime. This big day of college football. Knicks strong arms it. And with ease, Troy Franklin into the end zone. Coverage bust on the back end at the safety position. And that is just way too easy. Pitch and catch for Bo Nix and his favorite target. I mean, there was nobody within 15 yards of that receiver. So, yeah, it was other coaches going, psst, throw a post. I bet they can't cover it. Here was Keyshawn's take on the newly reconstituted Skip Bayless fights off three different black ex-players or whatever they're calling it. Oh, I'm sorry, undisputed. This is interesting you said that. I didn't want to interrupt you. I wanted to let, let you finish. So I spoke to somebody in the coaching fraternity. In the fraternity. Right after the game. Oh, really? And they know some people mm-hmm. that coach at Oregon. Okay. And they was telling me, they said, man, 
I've never heard from a, another assistant coach of how much information oh. was being given, given to that staff uh -huh. about. Wow. No, I'm just I'm yeah. being real with it. Yeah. About game planning against Colorado, right. so they can beat them. Everybody that stacking. everybody was stacked. They was stacking. That, yeah. that, that's the reality of it. I ain't making this up. No. I ain't gonna disclose no names, but y'all know who I'm talking it, about it, if you watch it. So right here. You know, I don't I, know who you're talking about. I don't even know. Like at this point, if you really believe this, Keyshawn, you are no better than a child sitting crisscross applesauce on the floor and clapping at a puppet show, thinking it's college football. Yeah, I'm just saying. Staff uh -huh. about no, I'm just I'm yeah. being real with it. Yeah. Oh, being real with it. About game planning against Colorado, right? So they can beat them. Everybody that stacking. everybody was stacked. They was stacking. That, that, that's the reality of it. I ain't making this up. I ain't making this up, but I don't have any names to go with it. A friend of a friend of a dog's mailman said this. Oh my God! It uh, it sometimes just boggles the mind and that's even before you think about how much money they're paying for him to offer these not even half-baked opinions raw salmonella infused non-baked opinions but wait there's one more the worst thing i heard this week on television came from mike florio profootballtalk.com as well as Football Night in America on NBC. Here was Mike Florio with longtime NFL writer Peter King, who I have had my critiques of over the years, uncorking the wildest piece of stupid shit you've ever heard. I think when you think of a franchise quarterback, you think of Joe Montana, Dan Marino, right? Brock Purdy is just kind of a weird name. It doesn't sound like a franchise quarterback name. Purdy's a little too close to Turdy. I just think people have a hard time looking at that name and saying that's a franchise quarterback. I know when I first saw that name. That easily just, you know, is the most the ridiculous persona. point you've ever made. I, that's easily the I, most good, ridiculous good. point you've ever made. Yes. That is. Yes. That's absurd. That's one of the I, silliest things I've I ever I guarantee heard. you. I guarantee you I'm not the only person. That that's like, well, that's not a quarterback name. Yeah, no, you are the only person. Now he was smiling when he said it, sort of like a, okay, this is, um, it's a half serious take. But how was that even entertaining? The dumbest thing ever. Brock Purdy sounds like Turdy. Oh, so he's not a franchise quarterback. Oh, oh, okay. I don't know, Ben Roethlisberger. Hell, they made a commercial about it. Hey, rat or something. Nice pick, Kala. Brett Favre? Favre? What? Colin Kaepernick? Tua Tungavaya. Jimmy Garoppa. The one thing I guess when I looked this up, I could say, well, I suppose Florio has a little bit of a point on this. Most, I just went all-time NFL leading pastors. Most of the names on the list are pretty basic, generic. It looks like they were pulled from Nintendo 
<laughs> some Nintendo game in the 90s type names. Brady, Breeze, Manning, Rivers, Ryan, Marino, Rogers, Manning, Elway, Moon, Palmer. Kind of the only weird one other than, you know, Roethlisberger and Favre who were in that top list. Tarkenton? Is Tarkenton a franchise quarterback? Mike Florio is dumb. Mike Florio is very successful. Mike Florio is shrewd because he took a, a law career. He practiced law for like 18 years apparently, according to Wikipedia, in labor law in Clarksburg, West Virginia. And then in 2000, bored of doing labor law, having a passion for football, started writing a blog called profootballtalk.com, which basically repackaged rumors and got shit stirred up. And it was a site that I read a lot and others read a lot. And I give Florio full credit for the hustle and the vision and the drive to do this on the side. Well, doesn't that make him smart? No, it makes him shrewd. It makes him a hustler, but he's a fucking dummy. I mean, thank God he only did labor law and wasn't defending people in murder cases. <laughs> They'd be grease spots left and right. He'd probably be the worst lawyer you've ever seen. Now, doing labor law, maybe he was, maybe he's so good at this because he's used to making up bullshit excuses because he's got plaintiff or clients who are plaintiffs against companies claiming. I'm owed this much money. This company fucked me. And he's got to come up with these lame, crazy things. Maybe that's how a lawyer like Florio thinks. But again, what's the value in that? When people listen to that and they go, that's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. It would make me take him less serious about his opinions regarding the NFL. One would think, I know I think this way, you would want to Guard your reputation as somebody who is a sharp interpreter and a fair broker of what's going on. You would not want to voluntarily devalue it just for clicks or tweets or going viral. And who knows if this really went viral or not. I don't know if you've heard of it until I brought it up, but what a dumb fucking thing. (sighs) By the way, in June 2020, disparaging comments Florio had made about the LGBT community and derogatory comments he made about the disabled community in PFT articles in 2005 and 2006 came to light. Those comments included the use of the derogatory terms such as homos, fruits, queers, and, quote, fudge packers. Somehow he was not canceled for this. Florio issued an apology, uh, and nothing ever came of it. Wow. I guess... All these people I just mentioned making way more money on a bigger platform than I am, and they're more successful, so I'm just bitter and jealous. But then again, if I won't call balls and strikes on this, if I won't bring this to light, if I won't properly say, what the fuck? Who will, right? Might as well be me. couple others before we're done here today. This is great. The United States said they will pay Ukrainian salaries even if there is a furlough due to a government shutdown here in the States. Yes, indeed. Your government, people, actively hates you. Apparently $25 billion, according to 60 Minutes, has been sent to Ukraine for non-military aid. That's $25,000 million to pay for salaries, to pay for a bunch of other stuff that is not involved in fighting the evil Putin and Russia. And it's going to continue for as long as those 
with their hands on the levers of the money in this country continue to have their hands on those levers. And it is both parties. It is not just one. I believe I read a quote that said the last act of any dying democracy is for the elected officials to loot the nation's treasury. I'd like to say, no, we're not at that state. No, maybe we are. I know this. One thing that's good to distract people from what's really going on is, hey, Taylor Swift is at a football game, which, look, I enjoyed it. I thought it was buzzy. I thought it was amazing. I kind of called Travis Kelsey a bit pathetic and thirsty when he was shooting his shot, so to speak. But guess what? He's dating her, apparently, or they're doing something. They're using each other for clout. I don't know, but it's okay. I'm, I'm here for the ride because I also do pay attention to the fact that our elected officials are indeed looting our nation's treasury left and right, enriching themselves insanely. And there's seemingly nothing we can do at the average citizens to stop it. Oh, you get to vote. Hey, a vote. Vote for one or the other. That'll stop it. But Kelsey's had quite the run here in the last 24 hours. Seven catches, 69 yards, and a touchdown as Taylor went nuts in the box with his mom. Gained 300,000-plus social media followers. 400% increase in merchandise sales. He is now a top-five selling jersey in the NFL. And he'll be on national TV coming up next weekend. And apparently, (laughs) apparently, Taylor Swift left the box anonymously while hidden inside a six-foot-tall popcorn machine food service cart with no clear sides. Just, oh, wait, what's in there? They're wheeling this thing that's a tall box, easily big enough to fit a human, especially a petite superstar like Taylor Swift, and nothing to see here. The two were photographed conveniently, leaving in his purple convertible into the sunset. Jets fans are so mad they're losing their teeth. (laughs) Did you see the viral clip of the Jet fan in the rain screaming bloody murder and his teeth come flying out, almost flying completely out of his mouth, but he catches them at the last second. That, That right there is one of the golden digital assets of the 2023 season. That's how mad they are. And of course, the media loves to bash when things are going bad, here's Mike Francesa ripping Zach Wilson to shreds. And you can't play this quarterback. He can't play. Get it? He can't play. He is a he is a terrible. He's not bad. He is a terrible quarterback. <laughs> there seems to be a hatred of Zach Wilson that is above and beyond a guy who's not good. Granted, the numbers are terrible. Anyway, you slice it. Since he started as QB1, he ranks dead last of all of the 34 quarterbacks that qualify with a minimum number of attempts. Dead last in virtually every category, or he's second to last in only one or two of them. And he just runs around in a very feeble way. He runs into tackles, runs into sacks. He jumps and throws wildly. He makes dumb interceptions. He is, I'd be fucking annoyed if he was my quarterback. And it seems like the Jets are there as well. And the media is losing their mind as well, uh, including this little exchange on WFAN between Joe Benigno 
and Tiki Barber. You hate the Jets. <laughs> you would love to see the Jets go two and fifteen. Stop it. I love. You're Nate a Hackett. giant. I do not. If this was the situation the with the Giants, you'd be screaming to get Wilson the hell out of here. First of all, so I never don't scream. give me this nonsense. First of all, all right, I never Tiki? scream because I watch and I analyze. And okay, I, well you and can I, analyze and I, and all and you I, want, but maybe try to maybe find you, reasons look, you look. Why all I know is this: yesterday you were in Washington with the Commanders and the Bills. Okay, were you not? I was. Okay. So don't give me this nonsense how you're analyzing Zach Wilson. Okay? I don't want to hear it. All right. It's BS, All right, Joe. He's good. I'm turning my mic off, buddy. He stinks. No, no, but here's what I know that frustrates me related to a point you just He, uh, at this point, Tiki Barber turns his mic off, pushes it away from him, and you can see him off mic pointing at Benigno in the little three box they have. And looking quite angry, like, this is bullshit. Mate. Mike White. Yes, Zach Wilson was taken high. And yes, guys are pulled back. And, by Look, the way, you've annoyed Tiki with what oh, you said. Oh, you like it being, well, I'm sorry. You, I'm annoyed. No, you know who's annoyed me? No, I am too. And I'm not fairness. annoyed at Tiki, but I'm annoyed at the whole freaking situation, bro. No, I am bro. too, but in fairness to him, he is watching the games. I understand. And he is trying to be fair with okay. his analysis. Okay. I don't but think I, he hates our team. I haven't okay. learned that. Now, it's possible that... Um, he watched the game after he got done calling the Commanders and the Broncos for network TV. Uh, I'd be willing to bet he didn't. Even the condensed version, you might say, okay, I, can, I got time to watch it because I got to be on the radio the next day. You know, time goes quick and you get piled up with a lot of other things to do. So, I don't know. But basically when Benigno said, yeah, you're down there, don't tell me you're watching and analyzing the games. Yeah. It's just funny. The, the internal fighting is so damn hilarious. NBC got a huge number for Ohio State Notre Dame. This should not shock anybody, but the number is impressive. 10.5 million viewers. It ranked as NBC Sports' second most watched regular season college football game ever behind Notre Dame, Florida State, convicts versus Catholics. Or no, that was Miami versus uh, Notre Dame. Notre Dame, Florida State, 1993. 22 million viewers back then, by the way. So even though it's the most watched since, it's more than half as, it's less than half as many as it was in 93. But still, a big number. A number that compares with the NBA championship, which got 11 million viewers on average this year. It compares with the World Series last fall, which got 11.7 million last year. And it's got four times the viewership of the Stanley Cup Finals, which averaged 2.6. And then there's this. I don't know why he's doing it, but I think he's making a mistake. Running back Devon Achan wants to be called that. Achan. Not A-chain, but Achan. This after his four-touchdown performance on Sunday. He told the Miami Dolphins to make sure everyone knows that he wants his name pronounced Devon Achan, not A-chain. He's missing a huge marketing opportunity. This kid is blazing fast, dynamic runner, f- huge day, 70 burger. Hey, Devon, you're the A train. Get it? A chain? The A train? Go with it. Well, no, it's actually my family produces, pronounces it Achan. Not, not no more, they don't. Joe Thiesman used to be the quarterback at Notre Dame, and then in a failed bid to win the Heisman, 
said, no, no, you pronounce it Joe Theisman. Theisman for the Heisman. I thought it was Theisman. Not no more, it ain't. Oh, yeah, who's got two thumbs, is rakishly handsome despite his lack of follicles up top, and left Devon Achan on his bench in fantasy this week. This guy did! Like a moron. All right, that'll be a wrap for today. Thank you so much for listening, and I appreciate the feedback. I got a lot of good emails coming. I got to collate them all, get them all put together. A lot of good stuff from you people. Can I call you people? You people out there. And I do appreciate it. Spread the word, rate and review, and um, I do appreciate it. That's all I can say. Thanks for listening. Have yourself a great Tuesday, and we will see you next time. Just because the NFL season is now firmly in the rearview mirror does not mean the betting season is over. Oh, no, 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 no. There is still plenty of opportunities to put a little something-something on the games. The NBA, college basketball, NHL, yes, golf. No matter what tickles your fancy, there is still plenty of action to whet your appetite. But just remember, where you bet is every bit as important, if not more so, than what you're betting on. That's why I tell my friends to go to mybookie.com. A-G. Oh, but my state just approved it. There's a big DraftKings fan duel, whatever. No, 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 no. Johnny come latelys. My bookie has been ahead of the game for years now. And why does that matter? Oh, I don't know. In a million ways. Better lines, better payouts, less rules, you name it. Plus, you get a bonus with me at mybookie.ag. Use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and have your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Now, make sure you read the rules on payouts regarding bonus wagering. It does require certain levels of wagering to collect your money, but if you just want to bet straight up, you don't want the deposit, you want to make a one-time bet for a million dollars, win it, and then walk away, fine. You can do that as well. That's a free cash bonus for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. Bet, win, and most importantly, get paid with my bookie today.